This is a time of transformation. As old ways fall, men are called to rise, to heal our lives, grow strong, and transcend our limitations. In tribes around the world, drawing on the best of masculinity from all of time, a new day is beginning. This is the Renaissance of men. You are the Renaissance. At the 21 convention, what was your topic there? So that was how to heal yourself as a man. So very, very deep work focused. And I went through the process with guys about how to basically deal with a lot of internal trauma. So focused on initially reconciling with your father, putting boundaries around your mother. And then from there, talking a lot about dealing with the inner critic and inner child relationships. So I actually, I ran a workshop after the speech and we did a lot of inner child work. Just kind of weird, but it's this idea that you have you know, your sort of parent critic voice, and then you have the child that receives it, and that within a personality, a personality is like if a, if a personality isn't very healthy, it's because the child is usually in pain, and that most guys, you know, either ignore the child or don't like the child. They try to get rid of it, but you can't do, and so it lowers the health of their personality, and kind of challenging within this the cult of self improvement which is very often based on self-abuse. Yeah. And so then the final point we talked about there was initiations and how, how can men integrate this child so it doesn't just stay a child for them and becomes a man. And I talked about my recent trip out in the mountains and basically how putting yourself through these mental and physical and spiritual stress ends up getting you closer to the father which can help to initiate you even though society has lost a lot of the fabric of initiation that boys would usually go through. Hello, my name is Will Spencer and you're listening to the Renaissance of Men podcast. Given everything that's going on in the world right now, less than one week after the 2020 election, there's one man in the universe I'd like to be speaking with today and his name is Pat Stedman. And as it turned out, he and I booked this call two weeks ago. Life is pretty amazing sometimes. Pat is a man of many titles. He's an acclaimed dating coach in New York City, a wine expert, blogger, public speaker, and the world's leading expert in hypergamy. But he's also more than that. He's a deep researcher into esoteric topics, a true leader of men, and I think a form of shaman as well. If you know me and you listen to that brief clip I played in the intro, you'll understand that Pat and I would have a lot to talk about, and that's just what happened when he and I met at the 21 convention in October. Over many long hours and walks, we discussed the depths of men's hearts, our destiny in the cosmos, and everything in between. Our conversation today was very much an extension and continuation of that. Naturally, given the present circumstances we're all sharing, today Pat and I covered the 2020 election and its hidden physical, psychological, and spiritual dimensions. We talked about consent and what it means to give your energy not just to others, but also to their visions for the future or your own. We talked about the different levels of reality and how they apply not just to politics, but also dating and personal development, men's unique role in the coming age and how through our transformation and self-work, we can liberate both ourselves and women, 
and how that all ties into the unique and personal circumstances of Pat's birth. And that's just a sample of the topics we covered. Pat and I could have talked for many more hours, and I know this is the first of many such conversations we're looking forward to sharing with you. So please enjoy this inspiring episode of the Renaissance of Men podcast, featuring the incomparable Pat Stedman. Hey, Pat, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. It's great to be here, man. All right, so how you doing? I'm doing well. I mean, we're living through times of prophecy. So uh, just enjoying being being part of this history. You know, one of the things I, I wanted to say is that um, there's, this, there's this quote that everyone knows, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Yeah. And, and when, I think, when I think back of the hardest times that I think we've all lived through collectively, I don't think I've ever seen anybody get going like you've gotten going in the past eight or nine days. And I mean that very sincerely. Like you found, you haven't found just like one new gear, you found three new gears. And it's really, it's been incredible to watch and incredibly inspiring and heartwarming for me to see it. I appreciate that, Will. I mean, it's, you know, I, I got up, I, I, I knew it was going to happen, right? And I, and I warned my family ahead of time. I said, they're going to steal the election Tuesday night. You need to be prepared for it. You need to not let it stress you out. And, but you know, I was seeing so much evidence on election day and just feeling the energy. I was feeling so like, like I, I was almost psyching myself out because the energy wave was so much aligned with an overwhelming Trump victory mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that, you know, I was still had this in the back of my mind, like they're going to steal it. But part of me was like, well, how's the media going to, you know, lie about this? How are they going to be able to do it? And then you just saw on election night itself, just how flagrant it was. Yeah. And we just keep getting more and more evidence of it. But it's interesting. And I think that this is the, you know, you can, you can know something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But it's very different to experience what it's like to go through it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, very much. So, you know, I'm, I'm at my, my friend's place and, you know, it's election night stuff. And I'm, and I'm seeing them do it and I'm like, like, oh, fuck. Like, this is, this is it. It's yeah. actually, this is, it's like, we knew this was going to happen, but man, this fucking sucks. Okay, cool. I'm happy to hear that it sucked for you too because it was it was oh, pretty yeah. brutal on this end. Oh no, it sucked. It sucked. And then, you know, you saw the 130,000 dump in Michigan, or, you know, 130, 160. I always mix the two up, but just like the massive dumps in the middle of the night. But the thing is, even as I was seeing that and I was like these fucking assholes, like these these fucking demons mm-hmm. like actually think that they're going to be able to do this. And I was, I was like ready for war. Mm-hmm. I was ready for war. I'm like, they're not going to get away with this. There's no, and I was, I mean, and I understood it, but when I woke up in the morning, just like, you know, Wednesday morning, the demoralization mm-hmm. of people was so overwhelming. It was intense. It was intense. Yeah. It was intense. And it was like, guys, this is the most obvious shit in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it sucks, but you don't just let them steal it from you, mm-hmm. right? You don't just let it steal, them steal it from you first off, but then second off, 
It's not as if Trump wasn't prepared for it. I think that's what people had trouble accepting. Yeah, and and Will, I don't understand that. I don't understand Mm -hmm. how people continue to just assume, like, I don't, my assumption, and it's not like a savior complex thing, it's not like a pedestal. I'm just simply, like, observing and drawing evidence. Like, Trump is a very, very intelligent person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And... It's not as if he, his way of, of beating people is often is throwing them off balance. Yeah, he's great at that. So you have a situation like this where he's been talking about democratic voter fraud since 2012, right? And then he's been talking about it throughout his presidency. Mm-hmm. And the debates too. Yeah, and he created, you know, CISA, he created organizations in the Department of Homeland Security to to lump election fraud under critical infrastructure. I did hear about and that. It, it, and then he tweeted, like, back in June about mail fraud and how there's going to be... So it's just like, you know, if I, if I could predict this, if a bunch of other, like, you know, decently intelligent people could predict this, like, Trump not only predicted it, but... You had plans for it. And so I think that you can debate the degree to which it was a sting operation. I think you can you can mm-hmm. debate like, you know, was it was it planned for them to do this or w- were they simply prepared for them to do this? You know, I but you kind of get into a level of semantics. The, the point is that eyes were on them mm-hmm. and the fraud's going to get rooted out and, and people are starting to see it now. But I, but but will I just don't get how people underestimate him after after this much time, they continue to underestimate him. Um, but you know, even aside from Trump himself, you, know, we, you and I have talked about this at the twenty one convention. I mean, yeah. when you're grounded in you know as they call it five D, you understand that the timeline doesn't even support a Biden victory. Yeah, right. Well, unless you consent to it, right? Like that, and that's the game. Right, right. Unless you consent to it. And even though there are many people who have consented to it, there are far more who did not. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that energy that we felt over the weekend prior to Election Day that felt so good, mm-hmm. that was the sort of formal consent to that, to avoiding that timeline, mm-hmm. right? Okay. That we yeah. had hit a critical mass of people who had chosen. This is why when people said like, you know, voting doesn't matter, doesn't matter. It does matter because of the energetic signature. Even if they steal your vote on an energetic level, they can't actually do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is just, they're in a, they're super desperate. They're super desperate. So, I mean, honestly, Will, if there's if there's only one thing I'm like, I wouldn't even say it's concern. It's just more like annoyed about having to deal with <laughs> is that you have certain betting sites, which are closing contracts. Mm-hmm. And I do think that you are going to see most of them voluntarily, at least if you put some pressure on them, um, give you what you're owed mm-hmm. and things flip, but you might have to go to litigation mm-hmm. and, you know, that's the most frustrating thing I think that I see going on. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, other, the timeline is like, it's locked in. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And that's, uh, that's really interesting. 
in in 2016, I would have said that, as many did, that your vote doesn't actually matter and the president is uh, selected, not elected. And then 2016 didn't at all go in that direction at all. And then, you know, I've had lots of people say, oh, Trump is just, you know, part of the a deep state new world order, new world order plant. I'm like, OK, if that's true, why does everyone in the, in the new world order hate him? you know, across the board? Like, did they not get the memo? Like, why does George Bush and Hillary Clinton, why do they all hate him so much? Did someone not tell them that he's part of the team? Because it's pretty authentic. So that's when it became clear to me that, okay, maybe there is actually something to this voting thing. And you just put a really, a really great pin on it. Lots of what you said I, I would love to, to take off from, but you put a pin on the fact that there is an energetic signature. There was a consent to a specific timeline. And then the giant cock block of Tuesday night, I think is what everyone kind of reacted to. And that's where the demoralization came from. It's like, I was watching Steve Bannon's war room and he was like, what's going on with Arizona? What's going on with Arizona? What's going on with Arizona? You know, and that was that rhythm generally built. And then it was like at four o'clock in the morning, East coast time, bam, all the voting centers get shut down and this entire wave gets like stopped. And everyone's mm -hmm. so ready for this overwhelming victory, like we made it. And then it's like, oh, and I think that's probably what people were feeling was the demoralization of this massive wave of millions upon millions of people was somehow stopped. And that's, that's a pretty, I mean, you got to give the devil his due, right? There's something, mm -hmm. to, there's something definitely to that, but I don't think people were really prepared for it to that degree. Right. Because a lot of people still, I mean, and I'm, I'm not saying this in a condescending way because, you know, I felt it as well, right? right? I, I felt the cock block as well, but I don't think people realize just how evil they are. I mean, they are literally, <laughs> right. they're literally evil incarnate. Yeah. Many of them have completely sold their souls. They are demons. I mean, they're mm -hmm. actually demons and people will think I'm being maybe metaphorical about that, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not. Nope. I'm not. Um, so they are going to do the most despicable things that you can imagine. And that's part of the awakening is people realizing that, people seeing it. And, and you know, what, this is one of the things also when people talk about Trump's style, you know, they wish he could be more, he could do this, he could do this, you know, he could be more polite. Trump understands that they're demons. He's not, he's not t treating them as if they are individuals who have made mistakes or have gone off the path. Mm -hmm. He is treating them exactly as they are and he's forcing them to reveal themselves because they want to hide behind facades people don't understand that tactical aspect about it i understand if you know we've talked about this as well you know you, mm -hmm. you went to stanford i went to upenn you know we, we come from these sort of like you know elite circles <laughs> right of, of, of people who like to talk in a very eloquent and you know formal you know whatever you know polite manner right and they don't understands like Trump can and has talked much clearer and like much more polite. He has done it. He just doesn't do it when he's dealing with these people because there's tactical considerations. Everything's about getting demons to reveal themselves. That's how mm. you defeat them. Because mm -hmm. once, once you pull the, the veil off of them and you see the, and they, and the nastiness and, and that's when they get into a frenzy mm -hmm. and people start to be like, well, wait a minute, this person who I thought was polite is actually awful, like off, actually an awful individual who just lies all the time. Mm -hmm. Like maybe Trump was right about this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, one thing I did want to talk about though, you, you mentioned, you talked about consent. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think 
a lot of people understand what that means. No, well, not not in the context that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll re- let's surf off that. I think maybe. Sure, yeah, um, let's go for it. So, to guys, to to guys who are watching this, consent matters quite a bit. I, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not speaking specifically here about you know, you go out and take a girl home. Right. There's a, a a great example of this. So whenever you buy some, you know, you get you get some software or you're using some sort of provider. They have all sorts of, you know, terms and agreements, and then you go to the bottom of it and you hit I consent, right? They always say that I consent. I agree, yeah. I agree, I agree, I consent. And, you know, people look at that, well, it's just some sort of legal disclaimer, but it's like they're, you know, for instance, if it's, if it's Google, if it's big tech, they're, they're spying on you, they're taking your data, they're taking everything about you, basically, and you're consenting to it. Mm-hmm. And this is important for them because... Demons are only able to access you in your field when you consent to them coming in. Mm-hmm. Consciously or unconsciously? Consciously or unconsciously, right? And very often they'll offer you these deals, like this is the Faustian bargain, right? Mm-hmm. That they'll, they'll offer you certain things, certain power, you know, certain sexual experiences. And if you do this, then you have allowed them, you've agreed that they can come into you. And as people go down the sort of left-hand path, the path of, of evil, they consent deeper and deeper and deeper into it. People have talked about like the Illuminati and how there's different stages mm-hmm. that they have to go through. These are basically deeper and deeper layers of, of, of consent to demons to basically use them until they completely surrender themselves to the, the evil entities and let the evil entities basically take them over. Mm-hmm. Use, they let themselves become hosts. And the, the problem, of course, is even if they kind of have some fears about doing that down the road, you know, when you get down really deep into yeah. the, the consenting things, I mean, you're, you're, dead, you're dead in the water unless somebody intervenes for you. Because... Yeah. I think of the Pope or something like that. Like he's, you know, this Pope Francis, he's obviously consented to some unimaginable levels, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's oh, not yeah. the only one, obviously, you know? Yeah. And I, and it, you know, I mean, the Catholic church yeah. is horribly compromised. Yeah. Hor- I mean, pretty much most of the, most of the religious institutions have been, but I do think it's worth saying that, you know, I, I do, people go through this one dimensionality and they'll say the Catholic church is evil. And the reality is that there are factions mm-hmm. in, across all these different organizations. And all you need to do is read Cardinal Vagano, mm-hmm. yeah. totally repping the other side and basically call out Francis as being like a Satanist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's is, the Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not to say that the Catholic Church isn't salvageable, right? Mm-hmm. Something's going to, I mean, something's going to, it's going to change. It's going to change. Everything's going to be changing in the next phase. But it's not to say that, you know, you have to just automatically suspect everybody involved with the Catholic Church of being evil. That would be a ridiculous, would be a ridiculous proposition. But as always, 
you know, a lot of what they've done, like you look at the Vatican, you look at how it's on like an off angle um, and you look at the location where it's built. You know, there are things that they do that they will try to harvest. And when you go to these churches, you can even feel that some churches have different energies than others. Mm-hmm. And you have to, um, yeah, you, you just have to be aware of which ones are trying to harvest you and which ones are not. And that takes a very subtle <laughs> yeah. skill. Well, I think I think a lot of people... Well, just aren't, they're not even aware of the, like, I really like your 3D, 4D, 5D breakdown. Like I've never heard, maybe we'll get to dating later, but I've never heard it in a dating context, but certainly a 3D is the material plane. The 4D is the psychological plane and 5D is the spiritual plane. And, you know, certainly I felt, you know, we've, we've all witnessed in the election anyway, the, uh, the 3D assault on the actual ballots and the machines and, and all that. And the 4D, there's a psychological operations taking place through the media, like, oh, Biden's the winner because the media said so. It's like, well, no, that's actually not the case at all. You know, media and world leaders and stuff like that. But then there's the 5D spiritual level that some people are attuned to and that other people are not attuned to, but we're all under assault, you know, and certainly mm-hmm. feeling these waves of attack. And to get back to the consent point, you know, so much is just getting people to to get to a point where like, oh, it's inevitable. Okay. You know, okay, fine. You know, inside themselves. Yes. And, and, and the story that I always take people back to is in the Bible. In the Bible, you know, what did, what did Satan do for Adam and Eve? It was consent. Eat the apple. Satan mm-hmm. has no creative power, can only destroy through humanity by getting humanity to consent to his plans. And that's what's going on here is just get enough people, you know, to consent to, oh, okay, I guess I was wrong or something's going on or will Trump be able to prove anything in the court of law and just get them all lost in their own heads? So like, okay, I give up. And that's really, that's all that's going on right now. It's intense. 100%. It, and they really abuse the Hegelian dialects. <laughs> this is, this has been their, their playbook for a very, very long time. Um, you know, they will create a problem and then everybody, and they know what the reaction to the problem is going to be. And so everybody freaks out and then they offer a solution, which benefits them. And that's their way of getting you to consent to their plans. Mm-hmm. So a great example of that would be COVID, right? COVID's actually a, a very good example of it. And there's increasing evidence that at least it's a, it's a you know, I, we can get involved in the details here, but what was really going on in China? what was really going on in China. Now, was it that, was it, were these outbreaks of like people dying and everything? Because people were dying. Mm -hmm. But I think Loki on Twitter mentioned this, like, was it even COVID that they were giving to people? Were were people dying of something else and they were using this to create some sort of like hysteria thing Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. it? And then they would get, and then they would off, people would panic and then they'd offer the solution Mm-hmm. which was, you know, wear a mask at all times, we lock down, we're going to shut down the economy permanently. This is for your own safety and people consent to it. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about that stuff early on. I do know that people were dying early on in March and April. Uh, I don't know, you know, to what extent that was happening in China, to what extent it was sort of broadcasted as this big thing, um, because China certainly benefited from us trying to shut down our economy. Massively massively. And Chinese agents in our political system are, have been repping this, you know, dialogue of, of shutting things down. But yeah, anyway, it's, it's a, it's a good example of how they would do these things. And so that's why when they say like, you know, you have to wear a mask, 
and you say, no, I don't consent. And that's why non-peaceful, um, I'll be sorry, that's why peaceful sort of protesting, you know, nonviolent demonstrations is very powerful mm-hmm. because you're not, you're not consenting to their agenda, but also you're not falling into some sort of polarization mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. simply above it. And they don't really know what to do with that. It's like, okay, you're just going to, they're going to try to jail everybody. They can't do it. They can't mm-hmm. do it. So what they're finding more and more is that they have less people who are willing to consent to their plans, which means they have less energy to harvest, which means they are less and less powerful on this plane. And so, which is why when they make this kind of color revolution attempt and they say like Biden's president, you know, I just like the best thing to do is just laugh at them and just mm-hmm. say like, this is hilarious. People are like, no, no, like, what do you mean Biden's going to be president? You're just coping. It's like, <laughs> okay, dude, I like, I yeah. don't, I don't care. Like, I don't, doesn't make any difference to me what you think is going to happen. And that I, I've noticed this because I've had a couple of interactions with people and it really throws them off. Like people who have been brainwashed when they say like Biden's president and you just kind of laugh, okay. like you're not going to get angry. You just kind of laugh. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, what do you, what do you mean? You're just not dealing with it. You have to come to accept it. It's like, all right, yeah. guess we'll see what happens. <laughs> Well, you have to, you have to, okay, if, if you want to say, I, I don't say his name, Bride, and, uh, you know, because again, I don't want to give any even little bit of consent to, to his existence, yeah. but, um, but you have to explain to me why, you know, why Republicans swept all the down ballot races have, are almost on the verge of taking back the house. They've held the Senate, the state houses, like you have to explain that phenomenon. There's no one in the world that's like, you know what, I'm going to vote for a Republican all the way down the ticket, but I'm going to vote for a Democrat president. That just does not happen. So how, where does, where does that phenomenon come? from let alone just let alone just the the absolute you know nonsense with the ballots being the counting being shut down at four o'clock in the morning oh we got to go to bed we're tired oh there's a pipe burst in the neighborhood we got to shut it all down it's just it's insane and so people don't know what to do with that either well this is one of the things that's so amazing is that so they've had this computer program called hammer which mm-hmm. uses a, a sub software called um Oh my, did I just forget this cross scorecard? Scorecard, scorecard. Thank you. It's like in my mind, I just left scorecard. And this sort of sub software deals specifically with voting systems. And what it does is it flips Trump votes to Biden votes. And they did this targeting specifically red districts. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is what was really interesting. And, and they've done this in prior elections. Mm -hmm. Uh, They definitely like, they, their big beta version testing, it was in 2019. Um, but they did do variants of this in 2018. I mean, it's been around since 2012 election really. So they've, but they've keep kind of tweaking it. Um, from what I've understood, they did try to use it in the 2016 election, but their server got shut down, which is why Hillary was expecting to win. And Mm. she was so upset when it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, I, I obviously can't confirm that. But what was interesting is that we have now detected it being in use in at least 30 states. It was on the Dominion um, electronic voting systems. Mm -hmm. So 30 states were using those. And trying to like understand exactly what happened election night, they wanted to declare Biden the the winner that night. Mm -hmm. Of course. That would have been the, the easy move for them to do it would have been an uphill battle for Trump to fight it. But the thing is, because Trump's turnout was so substantial, and not only so substantial, but this is the big clincher, 
it was so big in blue districts that mm-hmm. then they had a really serious problem on their hands. And they saw this in Miami-Dade, right? Miami-Dade Broward, that Trump had gotten like 800,000 something more votes than he had gotten in 2016. And then they were like, oh, fuck. Yeah. This software isn't going to be enough to deal with it because the software only deals with Republican voters. And this is what people are figuring out now as they're doing more investigation into it, just the nonsense of the actual reported results. Because you'll have places that went to Trump by like 70% are now going to Biden. <laughs> and, you know, the reddest districts are going to Biden. Meanwhile, you know, and sorry, maybe there's been a little bit of a political shift, but it hasn't been like that, right? right? So th- that, th- that's why they shut it down. That's why they froze vo- vote counts when they saw what was going on in Florida. Because mm-hmm. Miami-Dade was like the clue to them. And they have to just buy time and then dump votes in the middle of the night mm-hmm. in, in these like in these swing states. So it's actually, I mean, when this is all said and done, I do think we're going to have a recount it across the country or at least in a majority of states, not just these swing states. And the, 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 the span of the victory, I mean, the Republicans will definitely take the House. Mm-hmm. They'll definitely take the House. And Trump's going to have a substantial popular vote victory. And that's when that's when the pain's going to start. It's when the pain's really going to start for them. Okay. Well, it's going to be. I mean, they uh, they weren't just going to give up and just yeah. say you know and, and let even if even if Trump had this overwhelming say even ten million vote victory, they weren't just going to be like okay, well, I guess we'll just take our ball and go home. Like that wasn't going to happen, yeah. you know. And and I think that's still not going to happen. There's still going to be a tooth and nail fight for some unknown amount of time through this entire through this entire process, possibly up to inauguration day. I don't think so, but I think where people get into the whole doom scrolling is like, well, how is it all going to play out? You know, are they going to have to forcibly remove Trump from the White House with the military or something like that? Well, people get really into that because they project their own fears and biases and agendas into the future rather than staying rooted in the present moment, you know. Right. And actually, as if they were, as if the military right. was going to abandon Trump when they know what's going on. Right, right. You know, I mean, these, these are other things. Like, these people, that, that's one of my favorite things with, like, the, the you know, the, the lefty fan fiction <laughs> where they have all these little things that they, like, jerk off to, imagining, like, <laughs> You know, the, the military going, Secret Service is going to, you know, hand over Trump. Come on. Like, 90% of combat units in the U.S. military voted for Trump. Right, yeah. Like, this is, <laughs> this is uh, not going to end well for them. They actually should be very, very grateful that Trump is such a loving and patient person mm-hmm. that he's trying to go through the process of waking people up rather than taking the heavy hands. Because... I mean, honestly, they would just get, they would just get wasted. They would get absolutely wasted in mm-hmm. this, this conflict. And of course, like the cabal people don't care. I mean, they're happy to throw away yeah. that whole portion of the population. They're just trying to buy themselves some time. If America destabilizes, they can firmly reroute in China and kind of continue the fight from there. But if, if America is not destabilized, then, you know, they have maybe some, some window to escape. Mm-hmm. So. Well, some people say that destabilization is actually the goal. These are like the pretty hardcore black pillar people. It's like, we don't actually care what the outcome of the presidential election is. We're not even actually serious about running Biden. He was just a, he was just an avatar to create the most amount of friction so he can dissolve the country. And you know, some pretty, people go down some pretty deep rabbit holes with it. And there are lots of rabbit holes to fall down with this election. Like it's really hard to stand, stand above ground with it or staying above water, I suppose. 
Yeah, I mean, I do think that there's a bit of a win-win there, you could say, for China, that at the very least, you know, if, 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 if the election can stay contested, I don't think that they genuinely felt like they would win the election. Right, no that doesn't mean that they still wouldn't try to steal it, because obviously it would be an ideal scenario for them to, I mean, really, and we're not talking about Biden here. Biden is, is going to be sacrificed immediately upon being inaugurated and it's going to be maybe he won't even maybe he wouldn't have even made it to inauguration day right and they would have i mean it's all about kamala harris and they're doing all sorts of rituals around her Mm -hmm. to make her into like the queen of darkness i know people you understand this Mm -hmm. and some people i guess but the point here is to try to distill this i mean she is in it she is biden is is really not he's he's more of like a bit player Mm mm-hmm and it's Kamala Harris is the one that I mean she she's going to have death squads kill people in the country. Like that's like when I when I see people, I wouldn't even say she's going to because but that would be that timeline. That timeline was her doing those things. And it's just amazing to me when you hear people in the manosphere talk about, you know, well, the most inane ones, of course, are saying like politics don't matter. Like mm-hmm. as if were you fucking alive in this past year? If you paid attention, you see, yeah. Did you see what happened? I mean, this isn't. It's not like a tax policy discussion. Like we're literally talking about: Are you going to be able to leave your home? Are you going to be forcibly, you know, take taken to in, inject experimental substances? Mm-hmm. Right. Like absolutely ridiculous stuff to just pretend. And, the, and and you can just tell these people don't have anything to say. They just spit platitudes out all the time. Mm-hmm. They think that it's like, it makes them look in, like, you know, above it all. But they actually just look absolutely retarded. Mm-hmm. But beyond even that, we have this, this situation here. Like, d- would they actually think that, you know, Biden, Kamala are going to actually pursue some sort of normalization of politics after this, right. the entire political structure will disappear. Mm-hmm. They will, they will pack the courts. They would, I mean, they would probably split up States to, to get more senators if they had to do that. And every election would be completely rigged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause they got away with it. Yeah. And she said herself in June, she said, we are going to find every single one of you who supported Trump and we're going to make you pay. Like, Okay, sorry. There's going to be targeted assassination groups. She's going to use Antifa, like the like a brown shirts sort of situation, mm-hmm. or like um, oh god, what is it? And KVD, right? And they're just going to go along around, and they're going to target. They would target targeted. Yeah, I, I mean, I would get killed. Like I would, I would go to Poland. They probably get assassinated anyway. Mm-hmm. There's going to be tons of people who are going to be assassinated. So people are like, you know, you should stop really caring about this. It's like, you don't even have a funny fucking clue what's going on right now. This is right. not a regular election. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'll tell it to you, Will. You know it. Well, yeah, but, but it's important that people hear this. You know, and I think what's just to back out, you know, to take the larger 100,000 foot view for a second that you and I share is like, this is the world that you and I live in. Like this is, these are not ideas that we're just casually kicking around on the, on the soccer field. Like this is reality. And yeah. we're not making this up. This is not something that we just came up with. And if you want to try and explain reality, there are all these different aspects that you're, that not, obviously not yours, Pat's, but someone else who would say, you guys are talking crazy. It's like, here are these aspects of reality that are undeniable. You have to account in your model of reality for child sex trafficking and occultism at the highest, at the highest levels of power around the world, just for a start. 
just for a start. Your model of reality has to account for that. And most people, they won't even look at it. That's the And that's the thing where it's like, understand that we have more knowledge about reality than you do because we're willing to look at really, really hard things and incorporate it into our model of reality. And then we can make predictions based on that. But if you're not willing to take that in for a start, your model is going to be flawed. Well, that's it. People say, you're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. And it's like, you don't, you haven't done any of the research. Right. You have, you have no idea. You're consuming literally media propaganda mm-hmm. and you're telling me that I'm crazy. I mean, I understand very clearly what will happen. The good news is that that is not the timeline that we're on and Trump's got this taken care of and it's going to be a fight the next month. And actually, you know, it's really going to be going into the spring. Almost certainly they are going to try to stage some sort of um, potential war situation, probably with China. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's probably going to happen around the time of the inauguration. Mm. And there's going to be some, you know, threat of nuclear war, right? We're, we're like the roller coaster rides, not done. Yeah. But this is not what's going to happen. That's that that is this. It's all threats. It's not going to come to pass. But here's the thing: I I and some people who watch this who are on the fence may feel like this is a radical thing to say. I know time is going to prove me right with this. Let's just say that they do manage to cover up the fraud somehow, some kind of BS happens on SCOTUS. Again, this is not a timeline thing that exists, but let's just hypothet- you know, be hypothetical with it. And they say that Trump has to, has to go, but Trump and his military understand what happened. Right. And they say they're not going to go. Trump's not going to leave because Trump understands the stakes. And so then we go into, you know, we would go into more of a hot conflict. Mm-hmm. And the real- and he would have to just drop everything and start arresting people. And it would be super, super messy. The reality is that I would, of course, support that. I would, of course, support it. Right. There, there, is, there is literally zero chance I'm consenting to a Biden-Kamala presidency because I know exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would rather take to the streets and fight now with some semblance of, of support than I would to, than I would like put myself in the situation under that dragnet mm-hmm. where it's going to be, I mean, I, I mean, people are going to fight, but it's not, it's not going to be good. It's just very lucky. We are very, we're so fucking lucky that that has not been the trajectory that was chosen for us because, you know, I think last night was a good example of a timeline consolidation, okay. just with the energy. Throughout these this last year, and really before that, but it's been really accelerating this past year. You can feel like okay, there's a set of there's a set of potential trajectories, and here's a really rough one, and here's a like we've been going since 2012 towards the towards like ascension. That's when there was a collective choice to move away, mm. but it's been a super wide range from then. Of like, how does it how does that process go? Does it go to some sort of civil war, and we have to literally fight? Mm-hmm. to get there. And it just keeps narrowing down more and more and more. And, you know, I won't say that we took like the, the cleanest route, mm-hmm. right? The cleanest route would have meant that they would have just given us a clean election. Mm-hmm. And they, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. But we're not, I, I, I don't see it going down to the, the civil war route. I, I don't have any read of that. 
Right. I was talking to someone, uh, some friends last night, and we we're talking about, um, you know, when are when are all the all the patriots, when are all the good people going to stand up, you know, and actually do something and actually take it physical. And I said, well, you know, at the moment, you know, speaking just for myself, if you tell me when and where to be and what I need to do, I will go do it without hesitation. But that hasn't yeah. happened yet. And there, are, you know, I think for the millions of people who agree with that statement, um, first of all, I also won't accept a Bryden, Bryden, Kamala you know, uh, presidency, not stealing it. Like if you can demonstrate to me conclusively that it was a fair election, yeah, okay, I'll I'll consent to that. But clearly that was not the case when you have, you know, Trump having 60,000 people at a rally in Pennsylvania and, you know, Biden can only get like, what, 20 people in the little white circle. So I don't believe it for a second. But um, so just that aside, but when it comes to people standing up and taking action, it's like, okay, there's only two scenarios that I can see that coming. It's like, if, if Donald Trump himself, you know, gets on Twitter or whatever, whatever will be available to him and says, Patriots, now is the time for you to stand up, go to your local state house, take over the, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Who knows what he would say? I think there are literally millions of people, uh, you know, because I went to the Trump rally in Phoenix um, on Saturday. And there were lots of patriots there. There were lots of armed patriots there, including some, you know, there were some weekend warrior looking dudes, but there were also dudes that were like, you do not want to mess with those guys. These guys are obviously very trained and disciplined. You can see it in their, their posture and their stature and their fitness and, and all of that. Those guys would not hesitate to show up, you know, mm-hmm. if they knew what to do. So that would be one way. And the other scenario would be like, if you get a literal message from God, you know, God in some way saying like, okay, this is where we need to be. People will mm-hmm. do that. But I don't feel that, I don't feel that happening. I don't feel us anywhere near that, you know, kind of scenario. It's, it's, it's not impossible, I suppose, but like, I just don't feel us going that direction. That doesn't mean it won't be, it won't be uh, difficult between now and whatever moment of, I guess you'd say release or release of tension. But I don't, I just don't feel us heading in that direction. I don't feel the will there for the, for the public to really fight in that way. Right. Which is why anybody who talks about getting violent right now is, is either just completely off kilter or is, you know, someone who's there, who's like, I mean, I, I use the, the loose term of fed, right? Somebody who's, who's there to try to encourage this stuff because they want that. They want it to, they want to make it seem like this is, it's very easy to understand what they're doing because everything they do is what they accuse you of doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to say that Trump's trying to steal the election. And so they want their, you know, they want a justification to send their, their commies out in the street to start attacking people. Mm-hmm. Right. And th- those are supposed to be the people who are defending the country. And so if you go and they're going to do a false flag, I mean, we know that they're going to do a false flag. It's like the most predictable thing in the world that they're going to have some Trump guy who's got, you know, if anyone who digs into it, sees a very sketchy background to this individual. Mm-hmm. But if we go out, and I, there's going to be next Saturday in DC, million, million man march, mm-hmm. million man march down there. And it's going to be a peaceful, it's going to be a peaceful event. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, well, I hope so. Maybe they'll do something, right? Maybe they'll try to do something. But that is, that is a good show for Trump to have millions of peaceful law-abiding citizens who come down and are showing, it's like the Civil Rights Act, right? They are showing that they, that they are present with their president and they want to be heard. And you better believe that coward politicians who have maybe been black, blackmailed by the cabal might think, well, maybe I'm going to, you know, I'm going to grow, grow some balls for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm and actually do something. But the whole idea about like violence and whatever, that is a different timeline and situation. 
if that if that were to occur. And that's not what's occurring right now. If, as you said, you know, let's say that they did win the election in a fair manner, mm-hmm. and that they just their their psychological operations had successfully brainwashed enough of the public to vote for it, then that would be the time that would be, you know, that, that, that didn't happen, but that would be the time when I would go out to the mountains with my family yeah. and wait for the next fall of Atlantis. Right. Cause that's, mm-hmm. that's what's going to happen. I mean, because that's what would happen in that situation because those energetic structures don't maintain, mm-hmm. they, they inevitably implode. And then you have the reset again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're definitely trying to, um, definitely trying to push people to feel that that's going on you know during the during the uh, summer and autumn you know i stocked up i bought you know you know long shelf life food i've got a propane tank and a camping stove and watered containers and i've got all these things you know that was for myself but the water containers are empty at the moment and one of the things that i'm always kind of measuring is like is now it's kind of like the plane like is now the time to gas up the plane like do i need to start fill up my water containers and when i feel conclusively like i need to start filling up the water containers you know just as, as a sort of like metric that's the direction of like okay maybe we're heading in this direction of some kind of shutdown but i haven't felt that happening yet these are little subtle ways to pay attention to our own thought process are a good example of of seeing like what's actually going on, not our conscious, rational thinking mind, but what does our intuition say just in our everyday kind of life is a good, is a good metric. And I think you're right. I don't think we, we ended up on the cleanest timeline. And I think that's frustrating for a lot of people. It's like, gosh, I thought we were doing pretty good all through the summer, you know, but now we're, we're put through the ringer yet again with this long protract, like, wow, could I have been better in some way? And, and who knows how all that stuff plays out. I mean, I certainly would have loved, I was ready for it to be like, Wednesday, the new world yeah. is here. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I guess, I guess we have to go back, uh, go back into this. But, but you know, we had to do it because even though we hit a critical mass of people mm. who, who wanted the ascension timeline, we didn't hit enough to get the cleanest outcome. Mm-hmm. And so, the reason we have to go through this roller coaster is because too many people are still asleep. Yeah, and we got to go through the rough and tumble for them. Just why I think it's really important that people in our corner who kind of get what's happening, get, get what's coming, to really ground themselves in, in 5D, ground themselves with God, ground, ground themselves with what the correct timeline is, so that, you know, it's like with anything that's really, like, like, like a roller coaster, you can either be afraid or you can be having fun. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to frame, you know, this stuff, not as anxiety, but as excitement. And just being excited to to be on this ride, because for us it doesn't need to be scary. It doesn't need to be a scary thing. But for the people who are asleep, which this is all designed for, mm-hmm. this is going to be the worst couple of months of their lives. Mm. And you know, I'm I kind of feel for them. I also, you know, kind of like fuck you, mm-hmm. like for being asleep for so long. But you know, I, I understand that they have to go through this and, uh, it's all right. You know, it's all right. They'll, they'll come out the other side. People are already doing it. Like even after the election itself, you know, when you look at all the stuff that Biden's, but you see that, you see that, that, that doctor, you know, she, she was going around on Twitter. She was saying, I can't, you know, if I had known that Biden was going to be shutting down the country for like another year with masks, I wouldn't have voted for him. It's like, it's like, 
glad you've woken up, but you know, can you like, <laughs> how did you miss that? Yeah. You know, but, but that's it. That's like Trump derangement stuff. And I have seen a lot of people, interestingly enough, because they think Biden's won. Some of that Trump derangement stuff has like maybe loosened. I don't know. I guess we'll see if it like resumes back in full force once they realize that actually Trump's going to start to gain ground mm-hmm. and they start to realize that they've already, they've already pulled back from, you know, Biden's the next president to Biden's projected to be the next president. They're already mm-hmm. kind of, cause it's, they didn't, it didn't, didn't work. It didn't right. work. The spell didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah. Maybe Bill and Hillary needed, needed to wear more uh, purple. <laughs> why, why don't you tell them about that? Tell them about that. Okay, so so the day after the um, the 2016 election, um, uh, when uh, I don't know, I don't remember exactly everything that had happened, but I th- it was a point. It was at that point that it was pretty obvious that Hillary had lost, had lost the election conclusively, and that Trump had won. Big surprise to the almost the entire universe, as far as I knew at the time. And Bill and Hillary Clinton showed up for a press conference and wearing matching shades of purple. You know, normally politicians will wear, like a male politician especially, will wear a red tie or a blue tie. You don't see too many yellow ties or green ties, right? Normally red or blue. Well, Bill Clinton's wearing a, a like a bright, kind of almost like shiny purple tie. And was Hillary wearing like a purple dress or something like that? It was. Some, they were both wearing, it was this exact identical shade of purple, same fabric and everything. And that was a that was a big sign. Like it was a, it was big. You couldn't miss it. You know, it's not something that was very subtle. And it was like, what was the what is the message of the purple? And and the conclusion that many people reached was that the purple was a very subtle occult witchcraft kind of sign. That like, no, we're going to be bringing our dark powers. You know, this is not the end of the fight. To the people who know what that what that symbol means, what that color means. So that was a you know maybe a, when I say that people should have been wearing more purple that Bill and Hillary should have been wearing more purple, maybe that would have helped enforce the the bride and for presidents you know kind of spell. Well, you can see, I mean, underneath Trump's tweets, this has been going on for the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. People are casting spells. Mm-hmm. They're, they're saying all sorts of disturbing images, um, which are designed to break through your psyche mm-hmm. because they're so disturbing. And then with them, there's all sorts of ancient writing, and those writing has you know, that has spells basically written in them. Right. And they cast these things. They try to hit Trump with them. They're also for other people who happen to watch it, mm-hmm. which is why I, I recommend people do not look at that shit. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've seen a little bit and I regret it. Um, not that I don't have the tools to handle it, but it is definitely able to, I mean, you can't, you can't dismiss the power of dark magic. It is very powerful mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, they wouldn't have so much control if it wasn't if it wasn't powerful stuff, which is one of the things. I mean, people people say like, well, you know, this stuff isn't really real. Like, how do you know it's 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 true? Kind of. I mean, what I've done the research, you've done the research. Yeah. Like, we've also experienced things, so we understand it from that perspective as well. But the bigger point here is that. It doesn't matter whether you think it's true or not. They think it's true. Mm-hmm. And so if the people who are most powerful in the world, if Hillary Clinton is engaging in a blood magic ritual with semen and breast milk. Spirit cooking. That, yeah, spirit cooking. That involves, you know, sacrifice of children. 
you can say like, well, that doesn't make any sense, but look at their position in society mm-hmm. and ask yourself why they do these things. At the very least, you should be a little curious. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, Will, as we've seen, there are tons of people who are just zombies. Right. And they see that stuff and it doesn't even make a dent on their psyche. Right. Like I was always open. I was open to the occult, but I was a rationalist and I did not, you know, firmly believe that this stuff was going on with them. I, I didn't, I didn't think, I mean, I didn't think about it. I didn't think about it. I was like, well, maybe ghosts are real. Like, but I wasn't really. And then I saw in WikiLeaks in 2016, the stuff about spirit cooking. And then I looked up spirit cooking Mm -hmm. and it like shattered my reality Mm -hmm. because then I understood that this stuff was real. But what, what blows me away is how people who are, you know, evidence, there's fucking evidence everywhere. There's evidence everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like if you consider yourself a rational person, what is rational about dismissing something that is in one of their emails that they talk about doing Mm -hmm. and that one of the people, you know, the artist Marina Abramovich, right. Wrote a book about, Mm -hmm. no, people just don't want to hear it because it it terrifies them to think that this world could exist. Mm -hmm. But the reason that secret societies have kept all of this stuff hidden is because it's much easier to work black magic when you, A, don't have people grounded in God, which gives you a 5D defense mechanism, Mm -hmm. but B, if they don't believe in this stuff, it's much easier for them to be used by it. If you you understand the existence of, of occult rituals and the existence of black magic and the existence of spells, then you can put up protection to yourself. That my house has crosses on every wall across it. Okay. Every doorway has been, has been blessed. It's been protected. Okay. It's, it's, it's a shielded area. And so there's no demonic attack that occurs anymore because that's what's happened. And, but you know, if I go to their locations, I can, I can feel that it's there. Right. So whatever. Hi, everyone. Sorry to interrupt the conversation. Hope you've been enjoying the chat with me and Pat Stedman. I think you can tell we've been having a lot of fun. This is just a quick reminder to follow me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Ren of Men. That's R-E-N-O-F-M-E-N, like Renaissance of Men, but shorter, Ren of Men. And on Twitter, you can find me at Will underscore Ren of Men. And if you're listening to this on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening, please don't forget to like, share and subscribe. And if you have a chance, leave a rating and review. We've got some really exciting interviews coming up and I think you'll be really thrilled to find out who I'm talking to and what we're going to be talking about. That's all for now. And please enjoy the rest of my conversation with Pat Stedman. I get really disappointed. But what I've been saying lately to people is I've, I've been being much more open about this in, in some of the chat rooms that I'm in with you know people all over the world. I said, look, the only reason you cannot believe in the fringe or the quote conspiracy or the truth, you know, perspective is because you're not willing to be intellectually honest. 
period. End of. That's it. If you're willing to be intellectually honest, you will see that there, this is this is truth. And the world is far weirder and more amazing than we can possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. But it's a giant process of disorientation for, to, to recognize that perhaps everything that you believed about the world, society, the planet, you know, religion, whatever, and including yourself, is probably a lie. To, is definitely a lie to some degree. And then having to build back up. And I can totally understand that some people are not. Um, spiritually capable of such a thing like different people have different genetic potentials like obviously some people can be like the ronnie coleman yeah glad you mentioned that because that's a difficult one to accept for people but go ahead yeah well i mean you know i I tend to think of things in terms of um you know physical emotional mental and spiritual uh you know the dimensions of of human of, of a human being and different people have a different emotional capacity different people have different physical capacity intellectual capacity and spiritual capacity and this is the the grand tapestry of humanity and some people don't have the spiritual capacity in some way to handle these things they're not lesser beings for it because someone who has a say a lesser spiritual capacity could have insane physical capacity which is what makes him, you know, more valuable than, you know, someone who has greater spiritual capacity. But in regards to these subjects, it's like the idea that maybe you don't necessarily have to uh, have to believe this, or you're not. That's not your path. But you can't just shut it down and say it doesn't exist when you know here's all the information and here's all the research that I've done looking into it, and I've gone through my own disillusionment process. And you can't dismiss that. Stand, you know, I'm on the boat on the water, and you can't say, oh, the water doesn't exist. It's like, well, no, just come out here. And some people don't have the ability to do that, which is difficult. Other people are just being actively intellectually dishonest, which is, that's the harder one. I, I do wonder if it's going to change or not, because you've heard about, you know, DNA activation. Mm-hmm. And this is a, this is a big thing in sort of light worker community. And with a lot of the things with the different energies that are being, that fans being bombarded with, you know, at this part of section of the galaxy, right? When people talk about 2012, we entered into, entered into a different section mm-hmm. of the galaxy. Um, people call this the Aquarian age, right? But we start to get bombarded with different energies. And I mean, you can get down a huge rabbit hole here with the genetic modification of humans mm-hmm. and basically, yeah. you know, where their, their DNA, a lot of people are, as you say, not able to almost perceive some of these things um because their dna you, you might say that that the block to 5d is is partially a dna situation and that mm. but the question is can that dna be activated uh, i like to be optimistic and say that it can although i would not consider myself an expert in how you exactly manifest it i mean there's different books and stuff that you can read that sort of help facilitate that process but the big thing is always that first step. It's like once you get like a toe over the line, mm-hmm. then you can kind of understand where you need to go to move forward. And it's really more like you've activated it. You're just really opening it. Mm-hmm. But when the door shut, it's tough. It's very, very tough. Uh, so I guess, I guess we'll see because it, it does seem like some people just are not able to I mean, for you and me, it seems like it's almost second nature at this point. At this point, yeah. Yeah. To be able to see, yeah, well, this is that timeline. This is that timeline. This is a psyop. This is not a psyop. But I don't know. I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll find out how things go. I mean, one of the things that's been interesting is the idea of, I think it's overused in spirituality circles, 
but there's no question it has been occurring that there has been a wave of people who have been incarnated into this time Mm -hmm. that are basically here to create fields Mm -hmm. to basically to, to lead, to guide the ascension, so to speak. It's like strategically deployed star seeds, I suppose you could, you could call it. Yeah. Um, I don't really like the word. Um, and then, of course, there's different variants, too. I think the two that I've heard most kind of explained are uh, Magenta Pixie, who's a great follow. She talked about this months and months ago. But they're sort of like crystal and indigo. Mm-hmm. And crystal ones are sort of a lot of the ones that you see very often in this sort of spirituality circles, which really, really lovey-dovey and don't want to, you know, hear about bad things <laughs> and very much, um, very much oriented towards, towards healing. Mm-hmm. Love and light. Love and light, love and light, right? Whereas indigo are more like truth-oriented. They're more like warriors. Mm-hmm. And so the way that, it's kind of been described as that like indigo, you know, are soldiers and crystals are medics basically. Oh, interesting. Um, but I mean, what, when I, when I heard about this, it was like very apparent to me. It's like, Oh yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm certainly indigo, you know, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Like much fit it to a T. And I believe we talked in person about this. I think you're the same, right? We, we talked about this in person though. It's like my little, my story with mm-hmm. my, with, so I, I guess I can share that for people, but Please. my, um, my mother, like I, I'm, I was born when my parents were relatively old. Um, my mom was 41 when she had me and I have two older sisters are much older than me though, like 12, 14 years older. That was kind of the family. And a couple of years before I was born, my parents, uh, accidentally got pregnant and had a miscarriage. Mm. And my mom was upset. It was kind of like a, like a later miscarriage too. My mom was upset. You know, obviously she was upset about the miscarriage, but she was also upset because she didn't really want to have another kid. And she felt guilty that she felt like at a level of relief Mm. that she was having a kid. Mm -hmm. And so she was having all these kind of emotions. And then at night, later that night, she woke up in the middle of the night and Jesus was next to her bed and said, just wait. <laughs> and a couple of years later, my parents, even though they had all the contraception basically with it, um, she got pregnant with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, I was very adamant, I think, about coming in <laughs> and, and, you know, being here for this. And I can feel it. I can feel it right now. It's like, I'm sure I'll have a great life. I'm sure there's going to be all sorts of fun things and amazing things down the road for me. But I know right now that this is the reason I was here. Like this moment was the reason I was here. And I think, Will, I mean, can you you feel the same way for yourself? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I saw you tweet um, last week, I was born for this. And that really landed when I read that because it didn't just seem like, you know, some sort of, um, some sort of egotistical battle cry. It was a sincere statement of belief. Like, no, I was born for this. Yeah. And, and so it feels good. It's, it's like, 
this is the this is the the fight I've waited my whole life for. Oh yeah. So, and then we had the fun of being able to create the world after. That's right. Once this is done. That's right. Yeah, and and I would say for myself, you know, the past uh, nine months since March, April, you know, have been some of the best times of my life, certainly the most difficult, but I've grown the most. I look at photos of myself just from, you know, just from February. It's like, I don't know that guy. The amount of growth I've been through is phenomenal. I mean, evolution probably comes close to describing it, shedding several different skins. And so when, when the screws really got put to the world on Wednesday and Thursday after the election, you know, it took me a second to shift gears. I'm like, all right, if this is how it's going to fucking be, you know, yep. you made, you made a mistake with a C-19 crap. Like you, you've made your worst nightmare, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm not going to stand for this. And so, you know, uh, to feel that again was like, okay, how long, how long are we going to buckle in for? Cause the last seven months have been pretty amazing. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll be glowing or have laser eyes in the next nine months, you know, if we're going to drag it out that far, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. But I think the same is, I think the same is true for you. It's like, you know, you stepped into it really quickly because I, I believe that you and I, and, and many others were in fact born for this. Like this is the time, you know, we're the, we're the, the men, the, the builders, the architects, the Kings meant to lead the next age. That's the whole spirit of the renaissance of men. It's like, there are men that we're going through this and we're evolving and we're going to be the runs that rebuild, that rebuild a better society. What that looks like, who knows how that's going to take place? Who knows? It's not all up to us at the moment, but we have to hold strong and hold the frequency and continue with our own evolution and stay and stay grounded and stay centered and keep working through this time because this is our refiner's fire to be the men we're going to be at the right time. And who knows how long it's going to last, but that's what I feel is going, going on. And, and, uh, you know, I'm allowing myself to be, I guess, needed. I, I, I do this poetry for men series. And in the first, the first poem that I read was a uh, Raina Maria real cause the man watching. And it's, this, you know, about allowing yourself to be worked over essentially by God to be made better. So the phrase I was going to use is to be needed by that harsh hand, you know, that, that works with me to change my shape. Like, okay, let's do that because it's been an amazing evolution. I think the same is true for you over the past nine months, probably that we just met recently. Yeah. You know, it is interesting to see how, I mean, we had been doing work for a long time prior to this. I mean, in all honesty, yeah. like I've been consciously doing work since 2008. Mm. And so, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I have to obviously admit that there's a lot more, preparation that was gone into this mm -hmm. than other people. That's why it's going to be so rough for other people because they're condensing a lot more growth into a very short amount of time. And it's just too disorienting for them to have to, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be very awful. I think we're going to have to try to be compassionate to these people as they wake up because it's just going to be, it's going to be brutal. But even though I felt like I had a pretty good level of growth it's like all the covid stuff i could feel that there was more things that need to be worked through mm -hmm. i spent may all the way up through that you know fasted trek in the mountains in september which was kind of like the bookend to that mm -hmm. all of it was designed to get my internal space as clear as it could be mm -hmm. and it's amazing to me to look at this stuff in hindsight because I honestly, like, I knew that I was doing like valuable stuff, but I didn't understand the degree to which I would have a role 
in this, like around the election. Like I didn't realize how, how it would affect so many other people to such a larger extent. Mm. And that, Oh, this is, I was like, okay, that's why, you know, I spent the entire week in the woods asking to be used, you know, as, as an instrument of your will and and surrendering to that. And this is it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I I know that people, and and I will actually this week, I'm going to get back to to writing dating stuff (laughs) because I feel like, you know, we're in a good enough formation now to be able to move forward. But those first couple of days, it was just like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know I I have to be doing this. So I'm just going to keep doing it Mm -hmm. until it seems to straighten out. So anyway, but it's going to be, I think that I've I've been getting so many incredible messages from people, like close to like 50 messages a day from people who are just like, they're in the field now, they're grounded and they are now stabilizing their separate groups. And that's it. That's the important thing. It's like, it's decentralized. Everybody creates their own field. Mm-hmm. And that's how we win this is by spreading that light to different communities. And they can try to censor whatever they want. But if we each create our separate little bubbles, then they, they just can't, they can't penetrate all of that. Their, mm-hmm. their fear will not be able to affect the broader community because there's going to be these light centers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think for the, especially for, well, for everyone, really, this is true for everyone, but this is a podcast primarily for men. You know, I think men need to recognize how important it is what you just said, that men are, men need to lead their communities, need to lead their families, need to lead their homes, lead to need to lead whatever communities they're in online or off. And they need to hold their field in their own space. Like my own apartment absorbs my energy. I'm the only one who lives here. So my own apartment, you know, absorbs my energy. And I, if I get into really difficult weeks, even before, you know, the election, if I get into really tough emotional weeks or whatever, you know, I feel it around me. My, my, I, I vibrate energy into my apartment. My energy vibrates, my apartment vibrates energy back into me. So I'll go through and sage my apartment, clear it out and clear myself out. Like, okay, let's start this over again. And I don't think people really recognize how powerful that is in their home environment and in their relationships. You vibrate out you know, energy that then vibrates back to you. But if you want to create that shift, you can't wait for it to come outside yourself. It has to come from within yourself. You have to generate yourself and you have to, you know, take your fire from the people who are holding their candles up, like, like Pat, like you are, like your, your tweets and, and Ajax tweets, tweets as well, you know, during the, after the election was like, these guys are, you know, just, they got up on stage and, you know, plugged in the guitar and the amp and just ripped out these power chords. It was just an amazing feeling to see when the rest of the world was very much like WTF about everything. So it was, you know, super inspiring for me to see. So I'll give you that, you know, fifty-one messages today, just to say how how incredibly cool that was to see for me personally to feel that from you, and then also to know you and to know how you know authentic that was for you that you weren't faking it. You know, this was this was real for you. That spam call. No worries. Um, <laughs> thank you. No, I appreciate that. Well, I mean, we've talked so much. It's been a long, a long weekend together in early October. Yeah, uh, riffing off so much of this stuff. You know, I, I think that where I would like, where the, the seeds I'm hoping that are getting planted right now is that the manosphere has done a good job of grounding people in 3D masculinity and 4D masculinity, mm-hmm. but it's been pretty lacking in the 5D. 
And I think that that that's where I'm. I'm hoping, and I start to. I'm I'm feeling very positive about this. That I see people kind of waking up to this new, new paradigm because. Now, I've had my three pillars of attraction. And I, to be honest, I didn't really think about it in this framework until recently. But, you know, pre-selection, which is your looks, your status, fame, riches, et cetera. sort of very, very 3D things, mm-hmm. right? Very, very 3D, tangible um, assets that you possess that make you more attractive than other men. Mm-hmm. And then you have 4D, which is like your game. And your ability to, you know, maneuver psychologically in situations and see what's going on. And those two together, I mean, are extremely powerful, but it seems, you know, it's, it's very, it's, it's, it seems like some guys try to go for more 3D, like mm-hmm. dominance. Some guys go a little more towards 4D. But one of the things that I had noticed when I talk about my third pillar, which is personality, everything about that pillar is about self-purification mm-hmm. and basically bringing yourself out. And, you know, I know how to play mind games or whatever with girls if I want to do that. But what got me very, very good with women, very, very good with women was being able to see them on a very clear and deep level, like in bringing love to those places that were very painful for them which I understand now is very much like a 5D sort of approach. And it's one of the things that I, I deal with with clients is that, yeah, I'll teach them game and I'll teach them this sort of tactical awareness. And yeah, I talk about obviously, you know, getting in shape, et cetera. But this sort of 5D ability to like penetrate your woman on that, on that tier, it leads, it's like it's leadership. It's leadership in a relationship. Like you can be a big guy, you can be a guy who can, you know, who's clever, but it's that 5D sort of spiritually grounded man that really leads women. Mm-hmm. And when we look at, you know, people talk about the feminization of society. That's true, but it's true on multiple levels. It's true on the spiritual level as well, that there is a excess of sort of feminine energy and it's a distorted feminine energy mm-hmm. for the most part. And it's affected the energetic field. And unfortunately, guys who have even been doing well with like sort of their 3D and 4D improvement, they're not getting that you can't actually take the leadership position in society unless you get to 5D with your masculinity. Mm-hmm. Because women who are a little bit more there, even if they have distortions, are just not going to accept it. And that is one of the things that's very, very frustrating. When you go to like spirituality communities and you see women who are grounded in, who are, you know, to some levels of bullshit, but a lot of them are grounded in sort of source energy, but they don't even really know what it's like to see a guy who has like that, who has like a masculine kind of 5D energy. It, I, I don't know if you've read the, the book series. It's been a long time for me. And I actually, I think I might reread it because I, the series wasn't finished when I was reading them. But it's a fantasy series called The Wheel of Time. No, so I, heard, I saw someone, I know of it, but I saw someone else mentioned it recently as well. Yeah, so it's by Robert Jordan. And one of the things that, it, it's been on my mind a lot recently because it's a very like deep 
series. You know, I, I think it's one of the reasons why it's become one of the more favorite fantasy series because it's there's a lot of deeper sort of spiritual themes in it. But one theme which now feels so completely like prescient at the time I didn't get the significance of was you have these people in it called Aes Sedai and they're basically you could call them energy and energy manipulators Mm -hmm. and they're able to, and they have sort of um, elements that maybe they specialize in. But one of the things was that there are only female ones because whenever a male is born, it has the power, he goes crazy, becomes dangerous. And so they have to get rid of them. And except there's this prophecy about there being a, and they, and they actually do go crazy. So like they've had to do that because they'll, they'll go and they'll start just, they'll lose their mind and the energy will ruin them. And the protagonist is this sort of one that's been prophesied though, that is able to manipulate the male energy without kind of losing his insanity. I forget details here, but it was like, he brings back into a balance. He ends up kind of leading, but he brings back into balance all this energy. And I don't know, it's just, I feel like that's what's happening right now that we got to get all these guys, got to get their consciousness higher. We got to get their DNA activated, however you want to show it, because that is actually how we fix relationships in society mm-hmm. <laughs> it begins with it begins with you the man yeah. transcending on all these different levels that actually sounds that story i haven't read the wheel of time but that story sounds like a lot like dune as i recall like the background of paul atreides is also that there was this bene jesuit witches that were trying to make the female most powerful you know woman wizard and and one broke off and got pregnant and, and had a male who she was supposed to kill and didn't and took him away in the sort of the Moses story. And then that became Paul Atreides who goes on to become, is it the same? Is, am, am I mixing these two up? No, no, you're not mixing it. They are, it's not the same thing, but it's similar themes, okay. right? That, that there's the sort of forbidden male magician. Right. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, because we've been We're dangerous that there's like a fear of it. And because maybe that there's, Either the feminine, it sounds like in Dune, either the feminine wants to maintain power or in um, Wheel of Time that the the masculine doesn't know how to wield power. Okay, got it. Uh, the feminine okay. is afraid to yield or the masculine doesn't know how to wield, right? Mm-hmm. Yield, yield. So, but it's similar kind of theme in that the, the, the world is fixed when the man who knows how to harness that energy returns. Mm-hmm. And there's, and you actually see now how important that is because you can think of all the masculine heroes that are, that we, the shared cultural heroes that are all being destroyed from Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Jean-Luc Picard, Doctor Who, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Terminator, like, I don't know if you, I didn't see the recent Terminator movie, but apparently like Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator comes back in time, kills John Connor, and then goes off and becomes like a draper, like makes draperies this robot from the future, literally, this is the story. So this robot from the future, Arnold Schwarzenegger comes back, kills John Connor as a boy. And then, you know, he's still just left in this timeline. So he goes off and disappears. And then Sarah Connor 
bumps back into him again later. And at this point, the Terminator robot has grown older because Arnold Schwarzenegger is older, has gotten married, and now is literally hangs drapes for a living. That is, that is, I'm not making that up. And it's like they just they managed to destroy a, a, ro, a, ro, a Terminator robot from the future as well. And you see this with Fat Thor, you know, and all these things, just the destruction of these these yes. male heroes that you know embody this trans, especially Luke Skywalker, that embody this transcendent kind of magician wizard power, you know just level them all and replace them with, you know, carbon copy females and like, oh, women empowerment. But you know, I think there's a spirit rising in men that's pushing back on this. This is the this is the amazing thing. They've been at this for at least 60, I want to say 140 or perhaps even 160 years, in some ways thousands of years. But in one lifetime, in seven months, a man can turn it all the way around within themselves and and mm -hmm. sort of ascend. That's a, that's a incredible how how powerful we can be. And you know, this is the amazing thing about Donald Trump is because he is, he is pulling in that spiritual masculine power mm -hmm. and people don't see him as a spiritual person, but that's, that's a misconception. It's a complete misconception. Right. I mean, the amount of energy that he's able to harness from those realms, he's completely, I mean, he's literally the sword of God right now that, <laughs> yeah. that that is and he is surrendered completely to that role he allows himself to be to be wielded and as he as his hero's journey mm -hmm. crest it will also affect every other man's hero's journey and it's been doing that and men are rediscovering their courage through him mm -hmm. they've been trying to destroy all these idols trying to destroy all these all these heroes in, invert them because they know that it requires this heroic spiritual masculine coming back to destroy them. They don't have any, you know, up until Trump and a handful of others, you know, like Alex Jones is in my cup of tea, but there's no question he's grounded also in, in sort of the, the bigger, the bigger picture, the bigger spiritual picture here. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, he's a sensationalist, et cetera. And he, and he can get caught up in things. And I think, frankly, he's hyper stressed out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I think that distorts some of the things that come out. He's very unhealthy um, too, physically. Yeah, yeah, totally unhealthy. But he does feel it as a spiritual battle himself. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, the big point here is that we, like, they wish that that couldn't happen. They want to see all the men either, you know, like just compromised, weak, you know, effeminate. Mm -hmm. This is, this is their, their goal because then they have power. And I will say also that you get a real tell for which women have really done the work in which women are really spiritually grounded because they want men to return mm -hmm. to this sort of spiritual level. Whereas you see tons of women who, you know, act like they're so spiritually evolved because, you know, they, they do yoga and, you know, they've got sort of chakra stuff or whatever. And they just, they have not really done any sort of inner purification work. They rationalize around it and they use spirituality as a guise. And right now they're as triggered as anybody about Trump mm -hmm. and about men who actually want to be fucking warriors. Mm 
Mm-hmm. What every woman deep down wants is a man who's a warrior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look at the romance novels, you know, yeah. the, rom- the, they, they, tell, they all tell that story, you know, whether, whether women want to admit that or not, you know, what's the fastest selling book of all time, you know, during the height of the Me Too movement was Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, you know, so it's, there's, there's that, there's that split between what you say you want and what you, and, and what you actually want, you know, obviously, and, and to have a desire for something is indicative, <clears throat> is indicative of, of, of something inner going on that's, that's beneath the conscious level. It may not be, I want this physically to happen, but it's a desire for some energy that's embodied in the archetype. And to deny that that desire is there is to, you have to essentially cut off a part of yourself and then you wither and you rot and you get miserable and depressed and wonder why, you, why you're unhappy. And that could be you know, one of the reasons. True for men too. You know, it's true for men as well to, you know, and this was something that I, that I went through was sort of saying, like, okay, this is what I have to accept in a woman. And it was, you know, and, and, and that manifested in some relationships that I was in. And I was just withering on the inside because I knew it wasn't what I wanted, but it wasn't I, what I had been conditioned to want. And it wasn't until I was able to break free of all that, which was an enormous process, huge process to say, no, no, this is what I actually want. That was when it was all released. And that was when I discovered my own masculinity um, mm-hmm. which was very empowering for me. And, and the same is true for women. Like men and women are both going through similar things in different ways right now. And I don't know that that gets talked about in quite that balanced way. Right. Right. That, that's, that's so true. I mean, women, women are going through, everyone's having like a confrontation with the masculine. Mm-hmm. And men are having that confrontation about what it says about themselves. And women are having that confrontation about, well, I guess what it says about themselves, but in the sense of what they want and what they crave and what they're afraid of. Mm-hmm. And the sort of masculinity bombarding everybody to rebalance the energy. Some people are, are going along with that and embracing it and some aren't. But you know what? I don't really give a fuck anymore. Yeah. I, don't, I don't give a fuck about people who, who don't want to wake up. I mean, when I, when I see... You know, I, I was telling you about the, you know, the, the messages, all these messages I'm getting every day, I'm getting like twice as many trolls and it's just oh. block, 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 block. You know, I, I don't have time for it. It doesn't, it doesn't like offend me. I just see people who are in such a state of dissonance that I'm like, I, I just, I just feel bad for them. Like you, you're a dumb fuck and like, good luck with your life. Because yeah, you don't have a clue. You don't have a clue what's going on, and you actually so have such a little clue that you're like arrogant about it. Mm-hmm. That you feel like you can just come forward and like there are people who don't really get what we're talking about here, but at the very least, they're like, let's wait and see. And I respect that so much because you know if you don't have it, you don't ha- quite have the link up yet it's i I get it like i get it maybe it Mm -hmm. seems a little crazy but very important to be curious very important to suspend disbelief and say well you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to pat and let's see if he's right about this Mm -hmm. in the next couple of months right that's good withhold judgment you don't have to agree but don't be a dumb fuck who thinks that you know what you see in front of you is the reality after what we've experienced these last couple of months, these last couple of years, yeah, like you gotta, people got to learn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and and sometimes what I want to say to people is, is I like how you say, "Don't be a dumb fuck." It's like, look, if you don't agree with this perspective of reality, let me tell you something. If you're if you're tempted to push back, that's not reality. I was like, look, I'm smarter than you. Period. Yeah. Come come prove me wrong. Let's let's have yeah. an, let's have an open debate in the sunlight in front of a whole bunch of people. We'll all bring our evidence, and I will show you. I will show you. I'm fucking smarter than you. And if you want to prove that you're smarter than me, then you got to go levels above me. Like you want to start talking about 60. You know what I mean? Let's see that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm open to that. But you're not going to convince me that what I see on CNN and what I read in Time Magazine is all there is to reality. Like, come on, you're boring. You know, yeah. start thinking. It's boring. Yeah. it's boring. But that's exactly it. It's like, like if you're going to be a troll, at least be amusing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But so many people aren't. That's what I mean. They're not willing to be intellectually honest. You know, like they squirm when you try and pin them down. Like I, I've been talking about this a lot lately. Like I was part of um, Occupy Wall Street back in the day, like mm-hmm. eight years ago. And I left when, when, when violence started to come into it because I didn't want to have anything to do with property violence or anything. I don't believe in any of that. I don't believe that's an effective form of protest, period. Um, but I, I remember getting to a point where I was trying to get the people that I was around like, okay, so paint a picture of the world that you do want to live in. Don't just say, okay, we don't want this. We don't want this. We don't want this. It's very anti. What are you actually for? And I found it very difficult to get people who are on the left in any degree to paint an active, positive picture of the world that they want to live in, because then they're forced to begin acknowledging the fact that like, hey, guess what? Where does your iPhone come from? Guess what? Where does your Starbucks come from? All these comforts and luxuries that you want, you know, okay. You want to live in a world where, where there, where, where people are, um, where there's more income inequality, income equality. Okay. Like how much more in taxes are you willing to pay? Are you willing to pay 50% of your income in taxes, 75%, like paint a picture. And they would squirm because they were forced to deal with the reality of like, what's well, not enough to be anti, you have to be for something. And that was the bit about intellectual honesty that people are just not really willing to go there. Because it's hard. It's really, really difficult. And, and certainly we all have our blind spots. And when we're confronted with the, the strong mirror or the areas that we, you know, we're not necessarily like super aware of, it's uncomfortable. But just because it's hard doesn't mean you don't have to do it. And some people yep. just aren't willing to do the work. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a, and, and that's one of the things, like when we talk about, okay, well, I'm smarter than you, right? I'm smart. I'm smarter than, like if someone comes and trolls me, it's like, okay, well, you know, you don't have more information. You, you can't formulate a good argument, blah, blah, blah. Get into that. You can get into that level with them. But a huge amount of this is just the level of, of consciousness mm-hmm. that they're at. You know, there's IQ and IQ is sort of like, I guess, three-dimensional processing power. Perhaps you could say that. Yeah. But really high level intelligence comes from the closer you get to 5D because then you get access to like, deeper truths that transcend the plane here, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you have the two together, it's even better because then like a cerebral kind of intelligence, you know, reptilian intelligence, so to speak, mm-hmm. is able to parse 5D things in a clearer way than some of the people who get them, but they come in some sort of strange imagery which people maybe don't have an idea of, of interpreting correctly. Like an like a oracle, right? Like what does that mean for a lot of people? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mentioned this because these people on the left, they are, and, and, I, and I really want to start to, I mean, they are on the left, but there are good people on the left who are just a little bit more brainwashed right now. I'm not referring to sort of the, the, the sort of moderates or whatever who are in the position now where they're starting to, they're going to start to wake up. I'm talking about the, like, the truly demon-possessed ones, the ones in Antifa, the ones in Black Lives Matter. The ones that are, I mean, 
communist, right? Communist, which right. is a which is a very very different beast. These individuals have not done any work on themselves whatsoever. Not even, not even a little bit. And that's it. So when someone comes to me and they off and you know they say I'm wrong about something, and I can see immediately how little work they've done on themselves. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't have an ability to parse information correctly because every internal distortion you have blocks you from being able to see clearly. Like you have a very very dirty window, and my window maybe isn't perfect, but it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear because I've spent a lot of years. I spent over a decade scrubbing it. Mm-hmm. And you haven't even done a single fucking thing. Now you're going through the Midwest in the summer. You know, you, you, haven't, you know how many bugs hit your windshield mm-hmm. in, your mm-hmm. like in July. But um, so I was at, I was in New York this weekend. And great example of this. You know, I saw like Antifa, basically, or Black, I don't know which one it was, but probably some amalgamation. They were, I mean, they're communists. They had all sorts of communist banners and stuff. And they were there ostensibly celebrating Biden. But here's the thing, you know, you would think that even in a time like now that they would be happy and positive. And there were, there were certainly some people celebrated. I don't want to lump everybody together, but the overwhelming group of like the people who came out with the banners, they're, they're, mentality was who's our next target mm-hmm. and they were like now we're on the georgia now we're gonna take georgia now we're gonna you know and it was like all smash capitalism and you've seen they're already out protesting and they're protesting funnily enough on biden supporters property and they're damaging mm-hmm. that stuff right mm-hmm. but th- that's the thing these people have done no internal work whatsoever and they have enormous amounts of pain. And so they've allowed themselves to be basically infiltrated by demons. And their entire orientation is externalized. It's like a projection where they want to attack and they want to destroy. Mm-hmm. And if you take their energy, like, like, as you said, you start to say, okay, well, what can we create? You know, we don't like this corporate system. We want to create something new. Right, but there's no, there's not a positive energy that they're bringing to it. Mm-hmm. They want to tear it down, but then what? And they and they have a hard time thinking about that because their vibration is so low. They don't understand creation. It doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't process for them. They think they get what they want just by taking away from others. And you contrast that energy with a Trump rally. Mm-hmm. So completely different. It's just like so much love. And so much, so much support, right? People who are like grounded and, you know, there might be some righteous anger, Mm -hmm. but it's mostly, it's, it's all defensive and it's, it is love. It's tons and tons of love and it's a desire for justice. Such a completely different vibe in these two environments. And that's why they're not going to win. Because they can't generate a strong field. It's a tiny field mm-hmm. when you compare it. And it's self-destructive. Yeah. If you, you know, ultimately, it, it, this is what I, I explain to people about evil. Evil consumes and destroys. And before it's done, it consumes and destroys itself because it can't create energy. 
It has to consume mm-hmm. everything around it. And the last thing that it'll consume is itself before it winks out of existence. Good is self-sustaining. Good comes from a higher level. Like if you think about we're on this 3D level and, and evil can only pull from 2D and 1D and, and, and essentially, but 3D, if you're positively polarized, you can pull from the 4D and the 5D down and that's self-sustaining. It's the, it's the paradox, right? It's the perpetual motion machine in some way, whereas evil doesn't work that way. Anger doesn't work that way. I don't know that, and they don't understand that. Of course, they're being used and they're being manipulated. And, you know, I, I, I said, I'm smarter than you to trigger a bunch of people who are listening, you know, but ultimately, like, the point is, like, look, if you're if you're motivated to come at people who are, tr- who are genuinely speaking for the good and speaking for the evolution of society, like, we've considered things on a level that other people haven't. And mm-hmm. we're totally, I'm totally willing to, to debate that. But, you know, I've certainly into integrated more knowledge and, and surrendered my own anger and surrendered my own, you know, hard feelings about how the world is not a perfect place. Um, but I'm working to make it that way. And it's not, it doesn't mean it's not beautiful. It doesn't mean it can't be worked with. It doesn't need to be smashed. You know, that's the wrong kind of energy to bring. And, and that's why when people have asked, well, what do I do with, you know, my friends and family? They support Biden. What am I supposed to, to do with them? You know, I do think it's important that people know where you stand. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's good to be a snake about your views and about your feelings because that puts you in a position. I mean, obviously there's some tactical situations with sort of strangers where you can keep your own counsel. There's no necessary, I mean, you, you know, there's some context to this, but with people who you actually care about having in your life, they should know where you stand because otherwise they look at you as if you are a, uh, mirage, right? They're, they're not actually friends with you. They're friends with some sort of fake image you've created of yourself for them. And that's not a real friendship and you shouldn't care about preserving it if that's an issue. That's correct. That said, if they know where you stand, there's no reason to argue with them about it. There's no reason to, to fight with them about it. You have to be able to check people's frequencies. There are people who are going to come to you in the coming months who are going to be genuinely curious and they're genuinely, they want to know more. They actually, there's some humility there. There's some confusion. And when you read that frequency from people, you need to be very, very, you know, help them as much as you can. Obviously it's people's own journey. You can't walk them down the path for them, but you can give them some things to point them in the right direction. You can give them some guidance. You can you know, answer their questions, but you have to also be aware of when these people, and over the next couple of weeks, you're going to see a lot of this, these people are trying to ping against you because they have enormous amounts of dissonance about their own reality. And they want to fight with you because fighting with you is a way for them to take your energy. And then by hearing themselves argue, they can then tell themselves, it's like they can hear reassurance. Mm-hmm. And so by allowing yourself to interact with them, when they say these things, it's like, ha, 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 you know, Trump laws, you guys are screwed. It's like, well, you know, I guess we'll see what happens this next month. Mm-hmm. Like no reason to go in and seriously argue with them about this stuff because they're not in a place to receive it. And you simply drain energy by dealing with their own spiral because they are spiraling. They're spiraling. And I think it's important, like you said, evil consumes itself. Evil's always looking for a host to eat. Mm-hmm. So if you decide to, to fight, to go out there, try to argue with them, then you're actually giving them energy to feed off of. It's like much better to say, you know, 
like quarantine zone and let them stay there and let them, you know, get all more and more upset and more and more neurotic before and just like leave it. Like, don't let your energy get taken from it. You know, don't let them get close to you. Like remove yourself from situations, defend your, defend your line, but don't like, I would just cut people out if they really try to, they really, really try to interfere if they keep trying to fight. Cause it's just, you got to leave them to their own faith. They're going to wake up if, and when they decide to wake up and you have to know when people are willing and not, because if you want to fight with them, that's a son of your own ego. And that's your son of your own inner work that you have to deal with, that you need to prove yourself right to these people. Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck if people come off of this, you know, conversation we're having will, and they're like, well, Pat, here's how you're wrong. Here's, I don't give a fuck. Like, Mm -hmm. don't even bother doing it because I could really care less what people think about this stuff if they haven't done the research Mm -hmm. and if it triggers them in some way, it does not matter to me at all. You can go and you can verify all this stuff for yourself. You can go on your own journey. Mm-hmm. It's true. And this is, and this is, that's essentially very masculine and very masculine spiritual warrior stance. It's like, look, you know, I've sharpened my sword, you know, I've, I've cleaned off my shield. I know what I see and I've looked and I've challenged myself and I've trained, you know, I've challenged my pre- preconceived notions. You know, I've, cha- I've challenged my cognitive dissonance. You know, I've, I've released my desires for what the world needs to be and accepted it for what it is. And I'm grounded in this. And I know that you're not whoever this person is, you know, and, and that's, and I don't need to be an evangelist for it either. And I think that's a lot of people when they get into evangelistic situations, you know, and a lot of people have experienced this with Christians and probably many other types of evangelism. There's this feeling that, are you trying to convince yourself? Are you trying to convince me? Or are you trying to convince yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and there's a lot of that going on. It's like, that's I don't got to convince anybody of anything, you know? I will defend my space. You know, there are some communities that I'm in online where there are people come in and they say snaky kind of things and, you know, gamma male kind of sideways comments. And I'll defend the vibe of the space that's important to me. But like, I'm not going out there and hanging up placards and confronting people on the street. I don't got to do that. I got enough to manage with my own life and carrying my life forward to the way that I want it to be in the next six, eight, nine months. Um, you know, but I will defend, I will defend my home and I will defend my communities that I'm a part of. And that's a really fine distinction. I think, you know, I'm not an evangelist out there in the, in the public. Some people are called to do that. And I I celebrate them for that. That's not my calling. I don't think that's a, unless you actually feel that's what you need to be doing. I don't think there's, I think it's just a drain on energy. The the best kind of evangelism is to, is to live in alignment. Mm -hmm. When people see, and that's the thing, it's like, I can have all these like, people, people who will go and like hate on me. No, I got, I get, I get like people who are fucking losers hate on me. Like there's this guy and you know, I blocked most of them, but this one was just, you know, I, I checked his profile and he's, and he's like, he's, he's just like, you can look at him and he's just kind of like, you know, dilapidated looking person. And he's like, got his dog and he lives in, and he lives in London and you can just tell he's a, he's a total fucking, like he doesn't have a life. He doesn't have a life. He doesn't have any vision for himself. He's completely drifting. Mm-hmm. And, and this guy goes over and he's like, Oh, you know, you're like, this is like incel people are really taking stuff. Well, 
it's like, dude, I'm, I'm married to a beautiful woman. Like I have a baby due in a month and a half. Mm. I make multiple six figures. You know, I have a close relationship with everybody in my family. You know, I'm in excellent health. I, I like, who are these people to be saying anything to me? Like you have people in the very, very bitter red pill portion of the, of the community and they'll try to like say things like, like they'll, they'll sling insults at me. Like, like they think it's going to, like they think that I would trade my life in two seconds for theirs. Mm-hmm. Right. Would I, would I do that? No, there's not a single person whose life I would trade. There's people whose lives I respect, but in, but those people would never, they respect my life too, because they understand sort of what I've done and where I'm going. So it's just like, it's funny. You always have to think of this stuff from haters. Like how can Trump take all this abuse from people? It's amazing. Well, it is amazing. No question. It is amazing. But it's also like, imagine you, like if people say this about Trump, imagine, you know, you're just some, some fucking like straight out of college with a bullshit degree, you know, mid twenties person, low level job, you know, maybe part-time and you're going out and you're saying things like Trump, like Trump's faking it. Trump, like, <laughs> like, like, like Trump's, Trump's not really that, like Trump's a loser. Like, okay. <laughs> sure. Like what, yeah. what, you know, it's, it's just the, the amount of envy that people have. And that's what drives them crazy. So if you want to really draw people to your cause, I mean, just be like a happy, successful person mm-hmm. and people are going to seek you out. And then it's like, well, yeah, you know, here's how, but then you can help share, share your wisdom and whatever, share your, your path. But you're totally right. Like about this sort of fine line with the evangelism of going out there and trying to push on people. It's one thing to like go to a poor community and to go and help and for people and just to help for a while. And then people are like, see who you are and like how you as a person are able to do this stuff. Then they become drawn to being like you. And then you can show them, you know, sort of your faith and you can show them your path. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very high vibration, successful way of doing it versus what some missionaries do, which is very manipulative, which is that they'll only give things out if you, you know, accept certain tenets. It's a very low vibration conversion form. Mm-hmm. I went to see, uh, well, I didn't see him. I, I had a uh, Zoom call with him years ago, this astrologer. Um, uh, his name is Hunter, amazing astrologer. Like for anyone who doesn't believe that astrology is a thing, like I'll, I'll post a link in the show notes for this dude and do a reading with him and he'll, he'll absolutely blow your mind. It's just like, are you saying this to me? He nailed things down to the exact day and date. You know, but he highlighted something about me. We'd never talked before. He highlighted something about me that I knew, which was, you know, sort of insightful when it comes to, when it comes to people. You know, I felt a call to be a psychotherapist for a long time, and I, I don't know that I, I won't still be a psychotherapist now because the American Psychological Association is now being compromised by feminism, which Dr. Shanti Smith talks a lot about. So I don't see myself going down that path, but I am becoming a coach so I can actualize those skills. But he said, you know, you have these skills, and one thing you have to be really careful with is always check your permissions check that you have permission to say these things that you that you perceive in people. It's like, oh, that's really interesting. And, and I think there's a lot of that when it comes to spiritual conversations, conversation about the spiritual dimension of politics. It's when talking to an average person, like if you do have a deeper level of insight, you know, into a person or their situation, do you actually have permission to share the thing that you that you know? 
because sometimes people will outright reject it. They may get angry, you know, which would create the opposite reaction. You can ha have more harm and good and it uh, can cause more harm than good if you don't have permission. And that's getting back to the consent conversation. Like, mm -hmm. do you have consent to enter into their their mind or their field in this in this way with the things that you know? And that's a lot of people, that was something that I struggled with. And I think a lot of people today maybe are struggling with it in their own ways. Yeah, it's another example of um, arguing also being ineffective because you don't get consent when you argue and so you're you're not you're not actually you're, you're kind of bludgeoning each other's fields but it's you're not actually like making a real impact you're just kind of creating negative energy in the air um when it's it is sort of a subtle almost seems silly but its practical implications are substantial that when you do ask if someone's it's okay for you to say something Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay for you to reveal something. And they say yes, they're they receive it so much more deeply than they would otherwise. Because I think that the intention comes across more. It kind of takes people aback that like gets them to drop their weapon, so to speak, or drop their drop their shield mm -hmm. for the truth. Mm -hmm. You say that stuff. Um now, the last thing here, I think. You know, obviously you, you can gut it, but I think it'd be interesting to talk about like is that people are really curious about what comes next after all of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, please. But what do you think? What do I think? Well, yeah. if I had to just go off of my intuition, my intuition right now, um, I feel like there's some inflection. I think it's going to be very difficult between now and January, um, and that will be at all levels, 3D, 4D, and 5D, um, you know, probably coming in waves. I know December 21st is a, it's a, it's a solstice and then there's Jupiter and Saturn conjunction. And I know that has all sorts of potential possibilities, certainly to get back to, you know, the dark wizardry thing. It may not be, there may not be any reality to it, but they believe that there is, which is significant. Um, but the, you know, astrology is a whole other conversation. I see an inflection point happening in, um, in around March for some reason, probably around March yeah. 21st. And then, some, months, yeah. Yeah. and then something again in, in September. But I have a I have a good feeling in my heart in the long in the long run. That doesn't mean it's not going to be an easy road to get there. But holding the frequency will be essential. Um, but what's coming, what's coming next? I think will be a beautiful reflowering of society and a rebuilding based on solid moral uh, spiritual principles that I think everyone's really thirsty for. And we're recognizing that this, you know, capitalism unmoored from from any deeper moral values is 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 parasitic just like communism is by its nature unmoored from deeper values and is also parasitic and so we need to find something that transcends or undergirds i suppose any economic and social system and i think we're getting back to that and it's being birthed through all of us as as men and also women in their own way i think although it's it's less clear how that's happening for women i'm the renaissance of men is all about birthing that through men to be the foundations um so that's that's what i see happening yeah i i agree with you we are in for a very very crazy um one or two months and i think we will have political clarity by i mean i've i've been hoping to say that you know end of end of november but it probably will drag into the first half of december mm -hmm. but i do think we're going to have clarity on you know what happened in the election like who's won the election 
think we'll have clarity by then. But there's going to be bombshells continuing to drop mm-hmm. around the fraud and the connection to that with the media and with the DNC and with China. And that's going to be continuing on through the holiday season. Mm-hmm. The winter solstice is a huge amount of positive energy that's going to be coming here. Okay, great. And I think it's that's going to help to heal and wake up a ton of people. I think it's going to help to buttress a lot of the things that are going to be coming out on the 3D, 4D realm. So we're going to, people are going to be getting a, like a big wave of sort of 5D love to help anchor them mm-hmm. to this. But I do think that you start to see arrests happen. I mean, you might even start to see some this month, but it's going to be more substantial as the election is finalized. Mm-hmm. And after that, as that starts to occur, I think at some point, between January and March, there's going to be, that's when you're going to start to have the, the war game situation going on, mm-hmm. between, um, probably US and China, where there's a severe geopolitical risk here. And probably that comes about as a result of the investigations that starts to bring the connection of these people to China. And so China and US are going to go on some sort of high alert. Maybe that there's finally the issues with that dam, that dam breaks, the Three Gorges Dam. And China maybe threatens nuclear war against the United States. Something like that, I believe, is going to be happening. Um, and COVID, it's kind of funny. Mm. You know, we have this big thing going on in Europe right now with COVID. They may try to re- bring back in the COVID narrative. You can see right now it's dropped. Oh, no, there's no problem. You know, we can go to concerts probably, again. Yeah, yeah. they're probably yeah. going to bring it back. This is, to me, the second wave of awakening. First wave is in the spring. Second wave is now. You're seeing in Europe, which mm-hmm. in contrast to before where you had none of it, in Europe, you're seeing people start to wake up. It's mm-hmm. not critical mass, but you're seeing people wake up. There's not mass civil disobedience yet, but there is some. In the spring, there will be mass civil disobedience. I think that they're going to throw one last big sort of plague situation. They're going to try to shut some stuff down. It's not going to work. There's going to be massive resistance to it, especially as, you know, we're going to have millions and millions more people over the next couple of months. Tens of millions of people wake up to this world that we've been talking about in the cabal. And yeah, I I think that around the March equinox, March equinox through Easter around that period, it's very, very good period for awakening. Get very, very good signals about the energy then. And I think that what we start to see after that, I mean, there's going to be this sort of truth and reconciliation situation where the the trials are going to be continuing. There's going to be more and more disclosure as people become now prepared to the reality that these people did these things. And maybe that's what what you're seeing down the road with the next Equinox, that there's more closure that starts to occur regarding those, those trials. I don't know. It gets to be harder for me to see the details after the March equinox, but we are in the process of rebuilding a new world. And I don't know, like this is the last election, at least as we know it. I saw you tweeted that. I think that the political system, it's, it's not going to be like massively different from the constitution, but I do think that there's going to be some global element to it. Mm. And it's going to be evolved more to deal with 
the digital age with Starlink, et cetera, and um, you know, digital bill of rights. And it's tough to see exactly how this works, but you know, maybe you've seen Trump jokes about how you know people would say things about how Trump's gonna get reelected again. Trump Trump like very happily puts that stuff out there and that's predictive programming. Twelve more years. Twelve more yeah. years. Yeah. That's predictive programming. And, and I actually believe that Trump is going to be in power. And I don't even necessarily know if it's just the United States. Trump's going to be, I mean, Donald means king of the world. Yeah, Trump means triumph. Yeah. King of the world triumphs, right? I, I believe that he could be sort of like a benevolent global ruler for the next decade as we transition to a more, to a different kind of system. I see him as a transitional figure to a more, um, you know, Magenta described it as a round table kind of situation. And, you know, and it could just be simply like, you know, the United States constitution sort of situation, but on like a global level, or I don't know exactly how it works. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's very difficult to see exactly, but People look at, you know, New World Order timeline is a global government, but it's like top-down control mechanism. Mm -hmm. You're all slaves in a prison planet. Whereas the Ascension timeline, I mean, I see the 2020s. People are, you know, Thomas, Bevan, you know, putting out soaring 20s. I 100% agree with that. It's going to be an incredible decade. But it's going to be a decade of healing because there is so much psychological damage that the cabal's done to people, mm -hmm. even people, once they wake up to this, they're going to have tons and tons of pain and, and issues. And I, I think that we are going to need to basically, I mean, our role, right. Is going to be to, okay, we've, we've won the war, but now we need to win the peace mm -hmm. and to go and help to heal the planet, to bring the planet's consciousness up because I think that the 2030s, and it's going to be going on throughout the 2020s in preparation, but I think the 2030s is that that's when we become a real space planet, space-based planet, mm -hmm. where and our technology over the next decade is going to jump in ways that people are going to have a hard, like you thought it was big going from like landlines to iPhones, like it's going to be crazy how much technology jumps over that decade because there's a lot of technology we already have you know, quantum computing, all sorts of, uh, you know, space tech, et cetera, um, free energy systems, et cetera. I don't want to get too crazy with this stuff, but mm. the reason we can't use a lot of it is based on the consciousness of the planet. Mm -hmm. It's just not at a level to be able to handle that kind of technology. If you're a low consciousness individual, like this is the thing with nukes. Like if you have, if you give nukes to like some Renaissance warlord, you know, he's going to, he's going <laughs> to, not a good situation, yeah. right? Like we had maybe just hit, we were like very much on the edge around the World War II period of having the consciousness to be able to, to manage nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. And there are some that argue that there was some ET intervention then. There was. The yeah. Oh, there was. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, you know, we talk about models of reality. Like here's some books about UFO encounters that are documented in the U.S. military saying to the president, like, these are real. These are not of any terrestrial or, or origin. They are very interested in nuclear weapons. We don't know what they are, and this is urgent. You know, all that yeah. stuff is documented, you know. 
yeah, the stuff with uh with Eisenhower and uh, you know the Pleiadians and the Greys and mm-hmm. yeah, it's um so so that's what that's what I think is going to happen. Uh, but that's why it's like funny for me when I see people talk about well, you know, in the twenty two twenty two midterms, you know, we can you know Republicans can <laughs> just like a joke, like it's a joke. Like mm-hmm. you actually think you actually think that even let's just say there is a twenty twenty two midterm. Do you think it's going to the political reality then is going to bear any recognition to what's going on right. at the moment? Like it's not. And once the entire world wakes up to the cabal and you have this global awakening, you're going to just see the entire everything is going to change. Everything is going to change. And that's why I think Trump stays around through the 2020s. Because there needs to be somebody who's strong that everybody trusts, mm-hmm. who can guide, who can be there to hold the field for the planet to catch up to the right point. Mm-hmm. That's what I think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. And, and this, as you're talking about all this, I, I think a lot about what we talked about in the beginning about consent. It's like, what mm-hmm. world are you consenting to? I have a lot of people, you know, who I've learned a lot from and who I care about who are talking about, you know, uh, technocratic socialism is inevitable. I'm like, well, are you consenting to that? And the alternative is to say like, no, I'm consenting to the ascension timeline that you're describing with the disclosure of technology and the disclosure. I can, I actively consent to that. And I'm going to work to bring it about in myself, in my home, in, in my body, in my home, in my environment, in my communities and, and, and all of that. And that's really important that people get that you know, your consent is, is granted to something one way or another. What are you granting your consent to? And you get to choose. And all. And, and I think it's really, it's fair in some ways to say, it's, it's okay to look at the world and say, all futures at this moment are equally likely. So you mm-hmm. get to choose which one you want to live in. You can't say this is more likely. No one knows. Everything's liquid. So choose mm-hmm. the future that you want to live in. Consent to that future and help bring it about. The, the more people, I mean, we've already hit a critical mass of people who went the Ascension timeline, but the more people who adhere to that timeline and believe in it, the smoother it goes. Mm-hmm. The faster it goes, the smoother it goes, the less people, the slower we go, and the more rough, rough the road is. So, I mean, and I've, I've said this, this to people, you know, I have uh, one family member who's very, very spiritually evolved, does not like Trump, triggers him, but triggers her, but she knows at the same time everything about you know what the dark groups are doing and so she's like i'm she's like not going to vote for anybody but she's imagining the timeline and i'm like well that's cool like like she's like i i i understand i understand why you're doing it it's it's okay I, i completely agree with you it's like it's tough for me to do it but i'm still visualizing the sort of ascension trajectory Mm -hmm. and all that stuff's all that stuff's good. I mean, that's what we got to do. So, absolutely. Well, where can people go to find out more about you and what you do? Well, you can find me on Twitter at pat underscore stedman. That's S T E D M A N. Uh, pretty lively on there right now. Mm-hmm. And on there, you can also, I mean, things that I offer. I have a masterclass, which is great. I talk about actually a lot of the esoteric stuff in the updated version, and. Um, that's it's five hundred dollars right now. It's going to be six hundred fifty in like the next week or two. But uh, that's like twenty hours of, of footage. We talking about dating relationships, a lot of personal development. It's basically like uh, it's like a co- coaching course. It's it's I do I use all that material for my coaching with clients. The way I kind of describe it 
is that the masterclass is like all the principles and ideas and the coaching's calibration and application of them in your own personal life. So I work with guys on their dating relationships, although increasingly also in uh, business and spiritual capacities. So if you guys, uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter, you can find that stuff there. And the last thing I guess I'd say is you can get me get on my mailing list, which is sent out a couple emails each week. And that's patstedman.com slash opt in. Great. Well, this has been awesome. And, and there's obviously thousands more topics that we can talk about. So I hope we get a chance to do that again soon. I would love to. Will. Thanks for having me on. episode of the Renaissance of Men podcast. Visit us on the web at renofmen.com or on your favorite social media platform at Ren of Men. This is the Renaissance of Men. You are the Renaissance.